Okay, well, yeah, I'll put one up. There you go. There we go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> everyone's having to. Everyone's having to get really good at Skype and Zoom because of work from home, and so I've spent so so much time in Skype rooms or Zoom rooms just chatting with people I normally see on my daily basis. I know. We still can't right. get the the webcam high five down. Yeah, I thought we had it pretty good. I think I think it's probably the best one I've done so far. And with that, everyone, welcome to Better Homes and Dungeons. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I used to use silly BDSM jokes to intro, and I I don't know. I'm, I'm going through the Robert Evans. I'm not sure how to introduce my podcast phase of my podcast. So <laughs> at some point, I'm just going to yell like an STD or a terrible fascist's name. And uh, we'll, uh-huh. yeah, but anyways. Um, Enough spruiking a beautiful and wonderful podcaster. Um, Devin, how are you? <laughs> uh, you know, all things considered, I'm keeping high spirits. Uh, happy important. to be here, though. Thank you. It's, it's lovely to have you here. I mean, um, I heard about your podcast, and sorry, your, your Twitch stream, rather, um, because of the How We Roll lads. Um, they spruiked you a bunch of times, and... One of the things I they love said those guys. That, so they 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 are so cool. nice. Oh, and look, we have a nine-year-old in the room. Hey, buddy. Okay, that's not getting edited out. That's just my life. It's um, a random encounter. Yeah, exactly. You know, look, you, you rolled very well. You got a wild Joseph getting a board game, <laughs> and he's currently looking in the cupboard. Now he could choose between Terry Pratchett's Thud, Pathologic, based on the PC game, <laughs> Netrunner, Ladies and Gentlemen, which he doesn't have the players for. Ticket to Ride Europe, or Dice Duel, which he also doesn't have the players for. But anyways, let's move on. Um, It's been a very similar kind of thing here. Sorry, we're just going to wait for him to maybe put the triominoes down. I need to find a Rotoma, Dad. What are you looking for? Rotoma. Can you put the triominoes down, Joseph? I need to edit this out, and it's going to be a mess. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Um... So, it's probably behind that, Joseph. Have you tried looking... Behind what? This is going to be stunning audio if I don't edit this out. (laughs) This is just going to be amazing. People are going to be wondering what kind of operation I'm running out of my home, which is uh, where I'm working, because our office closed. So... Yeah, yeah, everyone's closed down. Look, I think that's... Joseph, Mm. can you look for it in a little while? Go do something else. Maybe it's in a different room. It well may be. It's a mystery. (laughs) Can you close the door, please? There you go, Dad. Thank you. I saw a really funny tweet that was like, um, uh, everyone without kids, you have no idea how good you have it during the quarantine that's Mm. going on in like most states in in, uh, the U.S. And a lot of people were like, no, no, I I, I know. Mm. No, he's okay. I got a buddy... You got a buddy who's got uh, five kids mm. right now. My older uh, brother has five kids. Oh, he's back. <laughs> he's on the 10th day again. of quarantine. Joseph, go. Skedaddle. Now, close the back. door. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yes, my older brother also has five children, and uh, they're going stir-crazy. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the how we, how we Roll guys, they're great. Yeah. Um. Uh. I had so much fun. I got. I actually. I met them at uh, 
uh, D&D Live 2019, uh, and we partied uh, that night. We all hung out and got drinks and were very hurt the next day. So that's how you can tell you had fun meeting someone. <laughs> yeah. But um, I was going to say, at the moment, everyone's um, like D&D experiences. You and I were joking about it like, well, that's probably going to be in the podcast anyways, about the fact that everyone right now is playing online. And what I've seen on... If you do this again, there's going to be trouble. Okay, just to put it back. Grab chess. Go on. What about if I put it back? No, you don't come in this room again. Goodbye. What about to put it back? No, just get out of it. Unless the house is on fire. Please don't <laughs> set the house on fire. Um, yes, everyone online at the moment is um, asking, hey, how do I run a game online? How do I do this? How do I do that? And yeah. um, like in, in the Facebook D&D group and on the Twitter, like everything D&D, everyone's like, has anyone got good tips to run stuff on Roll20 and whatnot? So, yeah. It's massive right now. Everyone's jumping. I mean, we're kind of lucky because... Um, we all like, we have a, a house that we're all, uh, we all are living in, um, uh, most of our group. So we're still able to run our Sunday game, uh, with, you know, at least, uh, about half of our players. Okay. So are you, are you changing up, at... are you changing up what you're playing? Like you like playing something that's timely or are you going the full escapism route? Uh, yeah, we're still, we're st- uh, no, we're still doing uh, the full escapism. Uh, we're gonna start doing like some more remote stuff with the with the folks that don't live here, though. That's nice. Uh, yeah, I think it'd be great to see a whole bunch more um, people in the community embracing this online thing. Like every game I play has people online. Yeah. Like the the only table that I've had where we didn't have anyone online was once or twice with my boy who just came back by through here several times uh yeah. and my nephew uh who is really yeah almost almost i'd say 95 percent of my gaming is all in person i'd love to uh, play but more i mean that's person. obviously changing <laughs> yeah you know well i mean uh, what, but what I, they... i've just been lucky Sorry. yeah uh, i was gonna say one of the tables i'm at like we all live in sydney but we're all over different parts of sydney um, and it's like, look, actually, actually, sorry, not not all of us are in Sydney. Sorry, um, a few of us are in Sydney, but even when we've looked at hanging out, it's like, ah, oh, you're an hour away, you're thirty minutes away, you've got, you know, I've got children, you've got a child. Uh, look, let's just play it all online. <laughs> yeah, it's easier. You you get more gaming time out of it that way, and I'm glad that online is becoming so popular. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I'm actually uh, working on a project to help people find online DMs for pay. Oh, I yeah. would potentially um, happily do this. Yeah. So the idea is like uh, a lot of people are looking for uh, to hire virtual DMs and you can find some like on the Roll20 forums or Reddit, but there's no mm. like certified place. And a lot of people that are new to the game that want to get into it, that are going to get into it virtually there's not like a good resource, so it's going to kind of be like the Airbnb for dungeon masters and game masters. Air D and D, Air D and D. I think someone's already got that. Damn it. Um, yeah, but, they uh, do I, actually. I, met, I haven't seen it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But uh, but I've met some folks. Um, there uh, there's some engineers at Google, and uh, they they got some startup for it. They got some startup funding for it, and so they're going to roll it out. And so it seems like the most 
legitimate uh, approach to it I've seen so far. I've seen a lot of companies try to do it, but uh, I think the lack the the problem with it, it was all bootstrapped. There was no funding behind it. Um, and there's a big technical need to make it work really well. And I think right now, most of the folks have been like trying to show people dungeon masters rather than experiences. Hmm. So if you sell someone like an experience, like this is like to learn how to play D and D, or this is an experience to like play this kind of game, you could search for the experience you want, not the dungeon masters per se, because the the, ex- the experience that you're looking for will probably be tied to c- the type of dungeon master you're looking for. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean. I mean, as far as differentiating, like, Dungeon Master to experience, would yeah. you say, I mean, I mean, to me, that kind of sounds like a stronger way of doing it, almost. Yeah. It's like, you know, do you want an in-your-face dungeon crawl, or do you want something that's a bit more RP-heavy? Exactly, yeah. Mm. So it's like, instead of, like, seeing, like, oh, what kind of uh, style are you as a Dungeon Master? Like, well, like, I'm all styles, rather than, like, <clears throat> well, listen, you guys want to play a real crunchy three uh, 3.5 edition uh, dungeon crawl. It's you know it, it's going to be really dark. Some people are looking for that. Some people are like I want to play like the Adventure Zone does. I'm like cool. Yeah, this du- this dungeon master has an experience that's just like that. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's the right way to mark because the idea is like uh, people are trying to market to dungeon masters um, and not to uh, like people that want to hire dungeon masters. And I think that was a big hurdle people are trying to get over. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think also. Having a level of certification, like, you know, this person is someone we have had others vouch for and say, yeah, they're a decent human being, you know, they're not yeah. going to be a jerk at the table. We, we've seen their work. It's pretty good. You know, they know enough about the system that, you know, look, there may be a little bit of jank, but, yeah, you know, they're going to be good. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing is like, we, we don't want to police like, uh, negative reviews. We, we're, we're kind of going to move into a way where you just see who's got, um, what we call like kudos. So it's like, Mm -hmm. Hey, this person did great. I really like them. So we're only going to show praise, but we'll send back feedback from people to the dungeon masters so they can work on it themselves because I don't think there needs to be another platform that chastises people especially because some clients and customers are are kind of ruthless and that is a really bad for like a digital presence and and our focus is like we want people to game we want to bring stuff to the community we want dungeon masters and players to have fun and so that's the goal And, and and i feel like the negative reviews takes away from that so it's more like you want to get the kudos but you know uh we're not going to show uh that you know um people had an unfun time because uh that's all subjective you know, it it could be the dungeon master, or it could be the person. That is true. I mean, yeah, there, there are definite times when I've been. I mean, there's one table I have been at where I didn't have fun. Yeah, and the dungeon master was very much a old school. Well, I write in pen, so <laughs> it's like, well, right. okay, but you know, like it it costs us nothing to retcon this. I don't know why you're yeah. not... Okay, dude. It's just how you run the table. And, and, and the thing is, there's a lot of DMs like that, and I feel like, you know, um, I don't. I feel like people that are, are, are opting to be paid Dungeon Masters, they focus on making sure the people that they're running the games for are having fun. Hmm. Um, and not 
taking away with it, but you know, like uh, I've run it for like groups I want to do like a campaign, and the, they all kind of agree that like the level of rules they want to play in, and the level of like you know looseness they want to have, and and I, I play up to that. I'm like, if that's the kind of game you want to run, that's the kind of game we're gonna run. Some people are like, I want it to be very crunchy, I want it to be very tactical. I'm like, cool, then like we will be very strict on the rules, and the idea is like. Find what people want to play and run that, and and mm. I think that's why uh, you know like I've had like some really great repeat business, and people keep you know wanting to hire me out. It's a uh, it's fun. I can't be upset with that. Um, <laughs> I mean, one one thing I've noticed, like you know the the last table that I ran, um, it was actually a one shot. Uh, how Orcus stole Christmas. Um, ah! It was cool. Like you know, I, I played with my nephew. I played with my nine year old son. And uh, a friend of mine from church and his daughter, who is, I think, 12 or 13 years old, um, they were online, and she was playing a warlock, and the spell selection she had was, like, just, this is not going to help you. So, we're just like, okay, well, look, take Witch Ball, you know, it's a great spell, does a lot of damage, it's wonderful. Um, And it's just like, you know, I have no problem switching that out. Yeah, of course, because it's like, you know, like when I play with my friends, I want their characters to know like, okay, well, this is like you learn this and this is the sacrifice that was made. But usually like I say, you know, poems are like, hey, if you, if you really feel like you're not having a fun time, or you feel limited because you really didn't know how this spell would play out. Let's change it. Like, why not? Yeah. You know? okay. But then it's also a fun opportunity to make it like a creative, uh, you know, like focus. Like if you're a wizard. You know, um, you you are desperate to find this new spell, and you kind of create like you know uh, an opportunity for them to add something to their spell book, and and then you get yeah, actually add it as part of the story, uh, you know, because you, you use that as bait almost. Yeah. For your players. I mean, my my intention when I sit down at a table is, I want everyone at this table to walk away having had a moment. Mm-hmm. Agree. And if we can do that, look. The, the, the long, you know, the ghost of Gary Gygax is not going to come in and start haunting you. Chris Perkins and Jeremy Crawford are not going to kick the door down and take your dice away. Yeah. Look, if that happened, I would happily be breaking rules just to try and make it happen. <laughs> that would be funny. Like, is this yeah. how you summon a ghost? <laughs> yeah, summon okay, Perkins. yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah and, and I think that's... For, for me, that is how our game should work. Like, you know, when you're playing a video game, you know, it's it's almost like, you know, not not going for a pun here, despite my reputation. Yeah. It's almost binary. It's almost like, well, no, you, yeah. you, you failed. Tough luck. Yeah. And there's no one, there's not an intelligence there to suggest, hey, hey, here's an idea. If you do this, you could do this. This could yeah. happen. Yeah, I, I think I think the randomness of player decision is is really one of the things that I people always call out that separates D and D from most types of games or like role playing games in general is people try to do things that no one's accounted for. And you're like, well, like yeah, I mean, like yeah, sure, this will work, and you know, use that classic rule of cool, and you see something yeah. great happen, and and that's that moment that people have. Can I ask what has been a recent rule of cool ruling at one of your tables? Um, let's see, uh, recent rule of cool. Okay. So, uh, a player of mine, uh, she was trying to use, um, she was trying to use, uh, I think animated objects 
in uh, in a way that she would like float on top of one to like propel her forward hmm. um, as like a kind of as like a surfboard, like a uh, you know an air surfboard, right. um, with the other ones floating around her to essentially like uh, block any incoming attacks. And I'm like, okay, technically the way this works, it, I wouldn't apply it because uh, uh, how movement changes and the fact that these are considered animated creatures, whatever. But this is really fucking cool. I want to see how this plays out. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it was, it was amazing. Uh, and I, I think that's important for games. That is, that is rad. I would have said, look, you can do that. But what I'm going to need you to do is get your phone out and get an 80s or 90s and the wild Joseph has joined, joined us again while he puts chess away. Nice and quietly. Well, it was quiet Joseph. Yeah. Very good. Okay. Now, no more coming in, thank you. I'll come and get you when you can. I'm not going to come in. All right, then. Close the door, thank you. I would have said, okay, I will allow this, but only if you get your phone out and find me an 80s or 90s movie soundtrack... And we all Let have to go. To. Yeah, and we all have to go. Whoa! While this happens, <laughs> I, I do, I do certain things. Um, a player wanted to use a weapon to trip someone, uh, and the weapon has like this ability to, you know, it's like a chain blade. And I was like, okay, listen, I could say you could try to chip this creature, and if you succeed, that'll happen. But if you fail, your weapon might break if you fail by ten or more. And <clears throat> I give them like I give them like a consequence on the rule of cool, um, and they're like, ooh, like and that. so they're like, do I, yeah, they're like do I want to do it? And I'm like, when they do it, and it works, they're very happy. That that particular instance, he did it, and it didn't work, and it broke, and it's like a treasured item of his. And now that's like you know part of his character. It's like ah, oh, I got this broken chainsword, and like this just is so rough. And now he's on the hunt for his next great weapon. But you know, it was he he still came to me after. It was like that was a great moment. Like I loved. That he still got the kill too, but it just it still broke his sword. Yeah, and and that's that's a cool moment for that character. You know the 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 rule of cool I I recently had allowed for me. Um, where where it, it's it's in my home game, so it's it's where I get to play, and it's not recorded. And thank goodness. Um, <laughs> we're fighting a planetar angel. We have a paladin using a gust of wind spell to, like, try and, like, you know, hold it back a bit. And my character, a tabaxi assassin. Now, I chatted with Ooh. the dungeon master. That's a, that, 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 is a, that is a deadly combination. Assassin and tabaxi? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Um, I was going to kill him because I didn't like his archetype. I actually wanted to change to another one. And we agreed, myself and the dungeon master, for, that, for this archetype, the revived one, he would have to die. So, bear in mind, I am playing to kill my character. Yeah. Okay. Now, the, this table that I'm at, when they hear the words, I've got an idea. <laughs> this may be stupid. I, I like I like to think that they like you know that Jason Momoa gif where he like gets a chair, pops it out, sits down, and is like, "All right, okay, I'm good. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, let's do this. Yeah, yeah. I'm like the Michael Jackson thriller with popcorn. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I suspect a few of them are that as well. 
And in my case, it's like, right, I want to run and leap using the mm-hmm. gust of wind to hurl myself at the planetar angel with an arm out mm-hmm. and flying clothesline him and take him to the mat behind, like, the, and slam his ass down on the pier behind us. Yeah, he's complete. I, I would allow that a hundred percent. You get and force damage too. I didn't get that, but I did get nat twenty <laughs> for the grapple roll. Oh, and it was the best. Yeah, and I just like to think that if I had failed, like my character just sort of like ah, boom, and then just like you know peeled off him comically, and that would have been good too. That would have been funny. Yeah. Or just been eviscerated. And it's like, <laughs> once you start worrying about will my character live or die, it's so much more fun to make those interesting choices. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah, so that was uh, that was my little bit of fun. That's awesome. Um, now, you've mentioned you get hired out to be a DM. Um, how long have you been doing that? Um, yeah, honestly, it was crazy. So about two years ago, mm. I just made a website because... Uh, People knew that I was a dungeon master, um, and my work started asking me to run like weekly or like monthly games with people in the office that wanted to learn how to play or play, etc. Um, I've been you know playing with my friends for like the last you know seven years. This one group uh, and their friends were like, "Oh, you play D anD D? I'd love to learn." And so I was like, oh, "There's kind of a demand for it." Um, and we were just starting off building our, up our stream, and I was like, "Yeah, you know, I wonder if I'll get a little extra cash on the side to." buy some nicer equipment instead of just dip into my, you know, regular salary. So I put up a website a week later, uh, <laughs> I had customers emailing me. Um, nice. it was incredibly fast. Uh, and I, I'm here in San Francisco. So, uh, there's just like a, a, maybe a higher amount of disposable income for entertainment and, and a lot of I, nerds. I, yeah. And a lot of nerds. And I only run in person games. So like, you know, my, my, uh, you know, my starting game was like 300 bucks for like a newbie. Um, and I was kind of surprised that people were willing to pay that. And, you know, it, it went great for the, the, the next year. And then um, Bloomberg uh, Newsweek, uh, Bloomberg News picked it up hmm. and they ran a story about it. Uh, so, was that and you? since then, yeah, that was me. Oh, wow. I'm the guy. Holy. Good job. <laughs> yeah. So the, I'm actually, this is, uh, we were the lead photo, which was really cool. But the thing is, that they is. didn't, they didn't put, um, uh, like, uh, our, um, the email, uh, not email, they didn't put the website. So I, I just trolled Twitter all day, like looking for anyone that mentioned it and like liking it. It's like, Oh, Hey, look, it's me. Like, so <laughs> it was like, a, it was like a very thirsty Twitter day. That, that is really cool. It was great. I, yeah. And so I, I I'm very lucky. And, and that's why, like, that's one of the reasons why I want to like do that, like hire dungeonmaster.com where it's like, how to find DMs. Um, and that, and right now, it's just a placeholder while we actually work on the real thing. But I, I was like, other people can be doing this. Uh, like, uh, And I think virtual even now more than ever. But, you know, I, I only run maybe one game a month now. Um, I, like, hire out a lot of other DMs to run the games that get booked through the site, uh, through my own personal site, because I, yeah. I just don't have the time. Between the stream, uh, work, uh, the can game ask, show, like all um, that stuff. Have you have you considered maybe making like a phone app? You know, yeah, and, and yeah. people can just like go go through different DMs and it's like, no, thank you, or they swipe the other way 
and then they can slide into those DMs. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> there are people I out there who knew you... that joke was coming, and I'm very sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, we haven't, we haven't thought about the phone app yet. Well, mainly because like, I, th- I thought about like how are people searching for DMs, and I looked and like, um, oh, did I lose you? No, no, no. My camera's off because oh. Australian internet's not great. Sorry, I was just typing no, something no, up. No, I do apologize. Um, but yeah, the uh, um, what was it? Uh, what was I saying? Um, About oh, hiring yeah, uh, but, but I, yeah, I looked online and like most of the search volume is coming from people that's seen a desktop, um, uh, more so than phone. So mm-hmm. I was like, you know, but but an app is definitely like something uh, that I think would even just even if it's not the massive way that people book. I think it could be something funny that people would enjoy from like the same kind of platform. I, I think you'd get a lot of very NSFW pictures of like you know maybe if we had some good swole DMs just holding the Dungeon Master's Guide strategically, that that could be <laughs> terrible. Um. <laughs> you looking for a meat grinder? <laughs> Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I came to play. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Thank you. Um sorry, that's that's my brain now. Um <laughs> Cool. So you you've got you are in a lot of ways living the D, the dungeon master dream, aren't you? I am. Uh and I and I know it and I'm very grateful and uh that I mean, again, that's why I wanted to start like some of these things so I could, you know, like I know other people want to too, and, and, and there's no reason they shouldn't. I think the biggest barrier for a lot of people is the fact that they um, uh, making a website and running that is is sometimes kind of a burden. Mm. Um, and and some people are really good at it, but yeah, I mean, like honestly, with the with the with the Twitch show and being able to run uh, these private games for, you know, uh, professionally, um, I'm definitely feeling very, like, blessed and, and uh, I lucked out. There was hard work involved in it, but I feel like it's a little bit of a mixture of both. That's fair. I, I may have to um, slide you my details and just say, hey, look, if you know anyone who wants to get dungeoning down under... Well, I mean, uh, so, if you, you want to talk, under does not sound good either. <laughs> uh, I think it sounds just right. But if it, actually, if you want to talk next week, I'll, I'll show you some previews of the uh, the experience, and you could uh, you know, be an alpha user. Oh, we we may have to talk next week. Well, I mean, the good news is right now I'm at home. Right. <laughs> so it's not difficult for me to find time. Oh goodness! And I mean, that's like we were joking about before. Like the the amount of games that are now just moving online with this. Um, yeah. In fact, uh, worst year ever, um, they did, I think it was a week, uh, oh, yeah, I think it was last week, they did an, an episode of their podcast called The Prepisode, and Robert Evans and Cody Johnson both said, our recommendation to everyone right now is, go get into Dungeons & Dragons. You can play online, you'll stay social, it'll be great. And part of me is thinking, I don't know if we want to play a game... Like, I don't know if I'd want to play a hardcore game of D&D, like, where it's all dystopian and there's a, like, mystical disease yeah. taking over the world with strangers. But, you know, that, that's a good form of escapism. Yeah. Well, I mean, some people might, you know? Uh, I mean, uh, there's, a, there's a DM player, there's a, there's a D&D player for every DM. 
Very true. It's actually like 20 to 1, right? Yeah, sometimes. Um, now, I, having read that article and now knowing, my God, I'm actually talking to you, this is, this is really cool. Sorry, I'm still nerding out about this. Um, Sorry. That's okay. That's your version of it's the It's outside. <laughs> <laughs> so the purge just started, so... <laughs> oh, fair enough. Well, look, that's about on schedule. And <laughs> um, what I did, I think, want to ask also is... What, one of the questions we had um, from Bill, who you did escape the podcast, didn't you? I think I read somewhere. Yes! Oh my gosh, that was so much fun. He is a very cool guy. Um... He and Danny have been on here, and, and they're, they're just delightful. Um, oh my gosh, they are the best. I had so much fun hanging out with them. They have actually influenced the way I do puzzles in my D&D game, and I ran one for a group of friends, and I could see what I did wrong, but it was the first time I've heard someone yell out in, like, you know, good foe happy outrage that they were very upset at these two. So I think there's um, I, I think a lot of dungeon masters need to listen to escape the podcast. Oh, I mean, here's the thing: even if it's just it, 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 if even if it's not just for stealing the amazing puzzles, because like yeah. everything they had, I was like, oh, I could just I could reskin that for D and could reskin this for for Monster yeah. of the Week. I could reskin this for City of Ma- I. Everything they threw at, I was like, I know I could use this uh, another time. I was actually thinking like. I want to put my players in this exact escape scenario and just skin the entire thing as Dungeons & Dragons and see if they figured it out that this is just a reskinning of the podcast we did. Yeah, I, I think they... I, I like to think Bill would catch on. Um, but on to his question. Um, now, one thing I mentioned at the start, you do very, very immersive style games. Um, yeah. When players have blind cast on them, you put a blindfold on them. Um, you put grapes in their mouth? Is there something <laughs> stopping them from talking? Um, okay, so uh, l- let me give you a bit of background. Those are all very encounter-specific. Um, it's not for every time uh, it happens, but I'll, I'll design encounters that I want to like up the level or make them really fun. And so mm. the blindfolds were for this thing called the Cave of Ugg. Which we did with okay. Kublicon. It's like a it's a convention here in the Bay Area, and we did a, a live show there, um, uh, which is you know uh, we streamed it too. But uh, we had a studio audience, which was so cool. It was the first time we ever met a bunch of our fans and our you know an audience that was in front of us, not uh, over the computer. But um, it was like magical darkness that was so magical that even uh, magic couldn't deal with it. And the idea is, I had a map that the audience could see. Hmm. The players could not because they were blindfolded. I like that. And I had a token that represented the party. And every time they uh, decided to go to a wall, they would take damage. So they had to keep in track if they had gone north, west, south, or east every time they decided to move. And they, it was just a small map that they had to get through. It was just you know es- essentially just like an S shape. Um, but it was it was funny when they were like, okay, let's move to the left. And then I would be quiet. And they would hear this dice roll, like, fuck, ah, no. <laughs> but it, 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 it was something that changed the game, and it was an event in the game itself. Mm. Um, when they put grapes in their mouth, it's because I had, um, uh, I forget what happened, why, they, uh, like, where the bees came from. Mm. But they, ha- they got stung by bees. 
And so every time they get stung by bees, I would make them put grapes in their mouths as if like they were swollen. Hmm. I, I assume um, you also then, had a, a rule of no whining. Yeah. This, <laughs> um, oh, Sorry, I don't know. They whine, they whine quite a bit. I, um, I don't know if I have a rule of no whining, but uh, my players are really good at like not metagaming. Um, like they'll, they'll make really conscious decisions like this is going to hurt me, but like my character, this is what they do. And this is, you know, it's, it's not affecting other people's fun, but like, this is, this is what I would do with the knowledge I have. I'm like, Oh, all right. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a D 20 after this, uh, result of inspiration because you're playing, you're, you know, you're not metagaming. Hmm. Um, I had one time where, uh, a lot of people do dungeon crawls and I thought it'd be fun to do a tavern crawl. And so I had, uh, I think, like, 18 taverns, and each tavern had its own game. Hmm. Um, and the idea is, if you could go to every tavern and have a drink at every tavern and win every game, you'd win the pot, which was, like, you know, a bunch of gold. Um, Although in the so state I, of I, California, that could be something yeah, completely right? different. <laughs> and so the, <laughs> so the idea is, like, they go to all these taverns, and I have all these different games. One of them was a lockpicking challenge. But one of the players was going to be hurt if they didn't pick the lock in time. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the thing. And they're like, all right, well, I have a great sleight of hand. I will do the lock picking challenge. I'm like, that's great. And then I pulled out an actual lock and lock pick set. And it was one of those locks that was clear so you could see the inside. And I said, here you go. Uh, pick the lock. And they're, and they're like, what? And then I, I was like, you got two minutes. And he did it like in a, he did it like in fifty three seconds. I was so oh, impressed. Nice. But they all flipped their shit when he did it because they were like they thought it wasn't going to happen. He didn't think it was going to happen. And when it started to work and he started to get loose and he heard the clicking sound, uh, uh, you know, everyone that was watching uh, on Twitch uh, when that happened and everyone that was you know in the room lost it and they loved it. And and that's the kind of moments I really like. And so when I do props or like IRL puzzles. It's because I really want my players to like uh, have fun, and I like the audience um, tension that is created too. You know, when the audience sees a countdown timer, um, I, I, have, I have one more I want to share with you because I, I yes. realized I, I had done this one. But um, I, they were in an airship that was crashing, and um, the person who controlled the airship was unconscious. Uh, and I have a lot of things called narrative uh, unconscious or narrative poison. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just cure it with cure wounds. It's like, it's one of those things like, ah, oh, this player isn't here this week, so they're narratively knocked out. Um, so this ship is crashing, and they have to find a way to land it um, uh, or, you know, to steer it away from, uh, you know, this, wherever it was going to hit. Um, I had a control board of buttons and knobs and such that I just bought online. It's a bunch of just, like, engineering uh, devices. So it looks kind of like um uh, almost like a mixer, you know, mm. uh, and I, I made it myself. And one person was able to touch the board, but couldn't see it. Another person was able to see the board, but couldn't touch it. One person had the instructions, but they are all written in, uh, um, uh, what do you call it? What's the new class? Um, uh, art, not Arcanist. Um, Artisifer? Artisifer, thank you. Uh, but so one person had the instructions, which were all kind of in Artisifer jargon. Mm-hmm. And another two people had uh, each a book that is Artisifer jargon um, uh, for dummies. So they had like, oh, this is what that means. And the instructions were being read as like, okay, you need to, you need to set um, the environmental controls to 1, uh, 7, 13, and 12. And the person looking at the board is like, I don't know what that means. And the, per- the people with artificer jargon for dummies is like, okay, 
Um, environmental controls, uh, one, two, uh, one, seven, three, and eight mean you need to find a knob. It's always next to a red button, uh, and it's always uh, in, uh, always has four knobs next to it. So that person is then relaying to the other player who can't see. Okay, move your hand up to the left. Uh, move it down. Okay, that right there. You need to turn that so counterclockwise a little bit. You you took a two player game. Keep talking yep. and no one explodes. And you made it a five player game. Bingo. Exactly. <laughs> and <laughs> that would not work with an online game. Like, oh, maybe it no. would. You could maybe... I think it, 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 it might. It might work with them. Like, it, the, the part is, like, the actual control panel of someone touching it because they yeah. can't see it. Um, it, would, it would take a little bit of development to actually, like, create an interface that worked like that. But, yeah, that was the whole concept. And I was like, this is really fun. And the audience gets the tension of, like, are they going to do it in time? And the players are, like, freaking out because they're actually, trying to solve this. There is a way you could do it with Roll20. Because you can have players on multiple maps. Yeah. And you can control oh. what they all see. Yeah. Yeah. That's smart. I like that. Thank you. Yeah. So it, it, it was, it was you know, keep talking. Nobody gets hurt but d and like dungeon, Like any good dungeon master, I steal ruthlessly from everything else. Like every good creative person. Yeah. Like if you look at, say, you know, Terry Pratchett, um, favorite author, um, he would just openly say, you know, I remember I, I got to see him live once before he died. Um, you know, and someone said to him, hey, why are you such a good author? And he said, because I steal. Yep. That makes <laughs> that makes total sense. And he, because, here's because, like, uh, well, the full answer was like, he didn't just say because I steal. Like the full answer was like, because... I'm good at what I do, and I take from those who are also very good at what they do. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> the question from Bill. Um, was immersion in your games something that changed, either more or less, once you started streaming? Um, yes. Um, I... When I started streaming, I want to find ways to create audience tension. Um, mm. I think dramatic irony is really important to viewers. And so a lot of times our viewers know the hit points of a monster. Um, or they know like what secret was told. Or they know something that all the players at the table don't. And that's really fun for a viewer. And that, that immerses a viewer more in this story. Um, the other thing, though, is um, we I changed a lot of the ways I immerse players in things that I felt were like a appropriate for streaming where it's like okay like how would this work if someone's watching and i've uh, things that i would have done like differently i'm like okay i need to make this like viewable i need to make you know uh, it's so it's more like making sure no one misses out on it mm. um but a lot of this stuff i would have done normally um uh in my home games uh if i wasn't streaming them um, i would have done the same kind of level of stuff because it's fun for my players i i guess um You've played things like uh, Into the Breach. Ooh, I haven't played Into the Breach. Okay, Into the Breach is like um, it's like playing chess, but there's giant robots that you control, and there's giant insects on the other side that you have to kill. But what it does is it tells you, here is what they're going to do. Oh, interesting. Okay. So I like that. would that be something you may have as like a prompt? Like, you know, this monster is going to attack in this ways and target this person. Yeah. 
I would. I usually say why uh, certain people are being targeted, hmm. but not before they have their turn. I do some. I do often tell uh, players like, okay, well, listen, like you're you're a, a sorcerer, you would know that polymorph wouldn't work on this type of creature. Hmm. Um, you as a player are forgetting right now, but your character would be would rem- remember this, and so I, I, I let them know. So th- I I have that leeway, but. Um, I mean that's like something I'm gonna steal. Like I'm I'm gonna yeah. uh, like into the oh, breach. Baby. I'm gonna say like, okay, you got a wizard that knows like what actions are gonna be happening because of their scrying, uh, and he's like the best scryer ever. So he'll feed you what their actions are gonna be, and you guys can uh, you know act on those. Yeah. No, I I think yeah. also just as just as an aside, being able to say to someone, hey, I'm not gonna let you waste your spell. I'm not gonna take away you know your limited amount of potential cool things you can do. Um, I think that's very, very good with uh, younger or less experienced players as well. Um, yeah, which is cool. And yeah, because you you never want to punish someone for like ah, because there's so many rules and um, three hundred you know, pages, I, I, guys, I, per book. Yeah, God's sake. And and the thing is, at, at a certain point, like you know, when they first get the spell, I would say like, okay, that, that could be funny, and then they learn that it doesn't work for those type of creatures. But if they fought them before, you're like, okay, well, you know, you're about to do this, but you remember the last time you fought, uh, you know, um, a, a construct, and you know that they couldn't be changed mm. through polymorph, so you know better. Um, and my players was like, okay, thank you. Um, I hate that because this is gonna be really cool, but you know, uh, it's a, it's a good common ground, and, and everyone feels like they they didn't waste their turn, and that's the worst thing in D anD D when you feel you wasted your turn and you, you didn't do anything helpful. Yeah, especially with how long it takes to come around. Now, um, Bill had a bit more question. Um, have you found your immersive techniques to be something largely group-dependent or consistent in your DM career? Mm. Which I think you've kind of answered. It's like, well, it is group-dependent. Like, if I think if you gave like someone who was new like a, a lock and said, well, here you go, son. Like, I didn't know this was what D&D was! Exactly. I'm yeah. not a criminal. No, yeah. I mean, I, a lot of the things I do uh, with my group, I don't do with my professional games. Um, although I do have that control board still, and I was like, ah, I kind of want to break this out for for um, uh, my professional games. But for the most part, I kind of uh, I do it with people I know that I play enough with that like it's a safe uh, way to try out something new. Yeah. Um, I I wonder if someone's like, I'm paying you three hundred dollars to run a game, and you're asking me to put grapes in my mouth. Yeah, <laughs> like, ah, I can see that not right. going well. Like, yes, but it do it slowly. Independent, I'd say, yeah. Like understanding yeah. the context and the social like ins and outs, yeah. right? So yeah, I, I, I th- uh, you know, I'm definitely like try to like, uh, yeah, I, I definitely only do these immersive things with my with my uh, players and, and get and guest players that come on the show because they they if you if you're a guest player like you you're aware of the kind of stuff that we do. Um, and, and I know that you're going to be okay with it. Um, but professional games, I feel I have to, you know, cater a bit more and like teeter that line. I think so. And I think that's, I think that is a very, very sensible decision to make. Like, you know, anytime you go to a corporate event and the CEO gives a speech and it's usually pretty straight up and there's not many jokes, there might be a couple of safe ones, but that's it. But you're always kind of sitting there thinking, why don't you say something funny? Show some personality. And at the other time you're like... Because there are people in this room to whom you are very, very beholden for your job. And the last thing you <laughs> want them to think is that you're an idiot. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm okay with people thinking I'm an idiot, so I lucked out. I don't know who would ever think that, Devin. Um, now, one last thing he asked is, and have you done palace games yet? And I do not know what palace games are. So Palace games? Well, internet, tell me. Um, palace games. Um, oh, 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 oh. So Palace Games is an escape room company um, that hmm. we're, we're all going to go do as a group. Um, but <clears throat> unfortunately, we can't go to escape rooms right now. <laughs> We can't even escape our own homes. <laughs> yeah, but the home, the ultimate escape room. <laughs> In my case, yes. my home office, which is actually <laughs> majority room I'm happy to be in. You know, I've got my tea, my yeah. sandwich, my workout weight, my PC. There's just the one. Yeah, I think I could stay. I could stay in our studio for a while. I could put a little cot right there. I don't think my partner would appreciate. It. She's like, "Where the fuck are you? Are you still in the studio?" <laughs> Why? Um. Excellent. Now, Devin, I, I I don't know if there's anything more. Look, let me let me just say this very straight. I wish I had all day to chat with you because I think I'd learn <laughs> how to be a good DM for a change. Um, well, I'm sure you're. I'm sure you're a great DM. I mean, uh, the thing about DMs, which is great, is we all like want to know what other DMs are doing, so we could do the same thing Terry Pratchett does: steal from people that do good. Oh yeah, yeah, right. I agree with stealing from people who do good. Um, now, Devin, we we always do have one last question that we ask on the show. Um, mm-hmm. How does Devin take care of Devin? What, what do you do for your own, like, health, um, you know, physical, emotional, spiritual? Yeah. Um, you know, how, how do you practice self-care? So, uh, I'm a big f- uh, fan of, like, this like this rule of three, um, which is um, have three hobbies. Uh, one that makes you money, uh, one that keeps you creative, and one that keeps you fit. Um, and, you know, like... Uh, Obviously, D&D is, is a hobby that keeps me creative. Um, we started doing this thing called uh, Quizzes of the Coast, which is a, a Dungeons & Dragons quiz show. I and, have seen the tweets. Yeah, and, and the thing is, I love it because like anyone can come and play. Like It's, it's open to anyone. You could be a contestant on the game show. Um, you just show up, enter a code, boom, you're in. Um, but the idea is like I get to write like uh, all the questions for it, and I get to like deep dive into the books and... like. Read lore, and it's like, okay, well, this is for, like, this is for something that's, like, you know, like, making money and keep me creative, but I find a reason to dig in these books, and usually I feel like, ah, I got no time to, like, just meander in these books or just to wander around inside of them, and so that's something that, like, you know, keeps me, like, you know, focused on, like, being creative outside of just, like, running adventures, mm-hmm. um, and then um, I'm a big e-commerce guy. I love, like, you know, projects, making website like... The busier I am, I usually find myself the more like mentally healthy I am because mm. I just I don't like to be idle, and I I like projects because it just it inspires me like oh how could we do this or how could we unlock that, and so like I'm definitely like a, kind of like a rabbit in that sense where like I have to keep going at a certain speed, um, and then or, or uh, a shark, fit, yeah or yeah exactly, um, and then uh, lastly volleyball I love volleyball it is like. Every week, uh, except recently, um, 
I'll go and play volleyball with uh, my rec league. And uh, I've been playing for like f uh, five years now. And um, I absolutely love it. It's like, uh, it's one of those fitness things where like, I, I you know, I run, try, try to run often, but like volleyball is actually fun. Running is just like, ah, this is like just in case I have to run from zombies. But like, <laughs> Look, vo like given you know. everything happening now, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Like, people are like, why do you run? It's like, just so I can run from something eventually. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm I'm the kind of person that just does, like, you know, variations of push-ups, sit-ups, you know, just, just basic body workout stuff and a yeah. little bit of weights, like, in something, in front of something, like, while Netflix is on. Like, that's... Yeah. That's what we do now. That's the life. Yeah. <laughs> Netflix yeah. is on and you're working out. Net Netflix um, and... No, I can't think of anything that... Runs with that. Done. Netflix and curl. There we go. You've sold it. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, but yeah, what about you? What do you What do you do for your your mental health? Um, mental health. I do things like this. Yeah. Oh. Like this for me is therapeutic. Like talking to someone about something they love is, I think, one of the most amazing things possible like okay here's the thing i am in sales um specifically i'm in vitamin and uh supplement the medicinal grade like practitioner only yeah. stuff so at the moment we're having a great time um so talking to people is what i do for a living but yeah. talking to someone like yourself or you know bill or brandon from swordsfall or um grant howard from grant howard um oh grant's great he's he, yeah Looking at him, you think punk rocker. Talking to him, yeah, yeah, you think yeah. stone cold professional, and it's awesome. Um, this actually helps a lot with my mental health. Like talking with people like you who have a love and saying that, that I share and being able to say, okay, how do we do this thing we love? Yeah. This actually does a lot for my mental health. Um, playing pretend with my friends. Like, right now we're playing Lasers and Feelings for the, um, for the weekly game. Yeah. And it's great. And I'm playing, and I've noticed that whenever I play with these people, I revert to the idiot archetype. <laughs> the horny idiot archetype in, in this game's case. Um, yeah. And that as well is like, that's, that's just how I get that little divide between... Telling people, you know, hey, here's what's happening business-wise. You know, business, 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 which is, yeah. you know, draining. Synergy! Money! Yeah. Close the sale! Yeah, exactly, no yeah. And then having that, like, hour every week where it's like, right, right now I'm pretending to be a stitch-sized anthropomorphic quokka with a cowboy hat and a couple of six-shooters who is a pilot and an idiot. <laughs> and that's what gets me through the week. And then I've got my fortnightly game where we're doing... Um, this is also how Josh is plugging his other podcast stuff, so, you know, I don't have to mention it again at the end. And we're also playing the Margrave where I get to play with a bunch of my friends that I play with in, in a monthly game that's not recorded and it's great. And just hearing how they interpret, you know, what should be a Slavic miserable fairy tale thing. So this is what I do for my mental health. Yeah. Um physical health, um like I said, push-ups and sit-ups. 
I walk mm-hmm. as much as I can, which is less now because I'm working from home. So I've got to find a way to bring that in. And also not now, um, my nine-year-old who is through here, he and I do Taekwondo once a week. Oh, cool. That's, that's great. It's great because it's also like me and him time. Yeah. Because I can, you know, it, it's a class run by someone else, but I can technically instruct. Um, but, you know, probably next year or very late this year, his little brother will join us and then it'll be like boys time. Three ninjas. Yes. <laughs> oh. And that's going to be great. And, and again, like having that kind of physical release time, even if yeah. it's like small stuff, is, is, is massively, massively beneficial. Oh, I hands down agree. You know, it, a lot of people ask, like, uh, when they're, like, curious about D&D, like, D&D curious. Um, I tell them, like, think about the last time you used your imagination. Um, it's mostly because you were reading a book. Um, and the thing is, it's really enjoyable when you're reading a book and using your imagination to imagine this. But the last time you imagined something with other people was when you were a kid, normally, unless you've played, you know, one of these games. So... The idea is, like, why have we let that go? That's not, like, a, a, a bad trait to use imagination with other people. And no. so um, that's probably one of the biggest uh, boons to playing D&D is that you get to use your imagination with other people. And and there is not a story you're reading. You're, you're making in it. Yeah. You're living it. You're making it. I also love the, um, the thing in IT Crowd where Moss is doing something D&D related and Jen says to him, Dungeons and Dragons, isn't this about sex? And he says... It's definitely not. And he's... Well, it could be. Um, yeah. But he says, no, Jen, the complete opposite. And oh, I... Oh, yeah, that's the quote. That's the quote. I died laughing. And my wife just gave me a look, like, because she knows I'm into this. And I don't think yeah. it's going to be something she ever gets into, you know, maybe one day. But she's like, that is how the world sees you. Like, I'm okay with this. I've reproduced twice, so, you know. <laughs> I have my sex trophies. Um, was it... Uh... Weird? What? <laughs> you know, my, 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 uh, my buddy, uh, Grant, he's like, oh, yeah, these... Uh, he's like, yeah, I got three sex trophies, so uh, we know I got it. He talks about his three little ones. Um, I, I, will, um, I will probably <laughs> never refer to them as that in front of them. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. The, no, the, no, no. the most fun uh, I have in that kind of area is one of my brothers was born nine months after um, Valentine's Day. So whenever his birthday rolls around, I say, hey, happy Valentine's. Ah! <laughs> I love, uh, you know, it, it's my, my partner's kind of the same way. Um, like, I don't see her uh, having an interest in, in D&D, but she is also like the, my, one of my biggest, um, you know, uh, champions. Like, she's like, oh, you want me to write that press release for you? Oh, she's like, hey, you know, you should talk to these people. Like, she's always, she's not interested in it, but she wants to make sure that, like, because That's I'm beautiful. passionate about it, like, if I, and so I'm like, oh, this is like, th- th- what more can I ask for? I'm like, I'm not going to push D&D on you because you, you, you not being into it is fine, but you are, like, my biggest champion yeah. of it. She's like, oh, you should hit up this. They're looking for live events. You should talk to these folks. Like, oh, why don't I just write you an introduction to email? And, you know, she, she's a great writer, and she writes press I, releases and copy. And so, I, I would say it's one of those things, and I think I may have mentioned it on this podcast before. Being with someone who has interests outside of what you love is the best because it makes you grow. 
Mm-hmm. Like I've and- I've been to the ballet several times, and I never would have gone on my own thing. But my wife's like, look, we we've got to go see the you know Nutcracker. We, we've got to go watch the the various Russian ballet groups that come to Australia because she is Russian, and that's what they do. And going is like these people are stunning. When you see that level of like hard work and dedication played out, it's like I understand why people love this because this is this is beautiful. Also, it's great stuff to steal for your D anD D game. I don't those know... outfits, those stories. Oh, I was going to say, like the last one I can remember is going to see was um, the man from De La Mancha, the one based on okay. Don Quixote. Um, oh yeah, which I don't know if I would turn that into a D anD D story. I think it'd be like, oh, <laughs> actually, I don't want to do a, this. Yeah, that was that, that one might be a bit rough. I don't want to turn this into an attack on the on the not mentally healthy. I don't. I don't need to. That's no. that's mean. But but Nutcracker, perfect example. Yeah, I, I think I'd have to go read it up on it. Um, oh, oh, that's like that's like a classic one in San Francisco. Like every every winter, like everyone's watching the Nutcracker ballet. Okay, there you go. I didn't know. So, um, Dan, sorry, Devin. God in heaven. Um, I've been socially isolated for maybe way too long now. Um, <laughs> Devin, if people want to check out what you do, where are all the things they should go find? <clears throat> Whatever you want to find, you just search that in Total Party Chill. Um, or, or just go to twitch.tv forward slash Total Party Chill. That's all, that's all you need to know. Just tune in. You get all the links. All the, all the stuff is there. Um... But we're just totally probably chill. Um, if you oh, but if someone wants to become a dungeon master for hire, yes. Um, that's uh, let me let me bring it up real quick. So I, I, I can I can happily say one hundred percent of the people you're talking to now definitely are interested. Um, HireDungeonMaster.com. dot com. Okay, uh, that's just a placeholder site that we're just collecting information, but we'll be sending out like emails closer to launch. Um, so, but we just I. I, I built that like in a day, and that is nowhere near the final thing. That's just like something to collect emails. Um, but yeah, um, that's my stuff. You know, tune in Thursdays if you want to play some D and D trivia. If you think you got your, you got those skills down, and tune in Sunday if you want to see me tell players they have to put grapes in their mouth <laughs> or locks in their hand. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that being said, given that it took him fifty three seconds, that's almost like a full. That's just like ten rounds of combat, and yet we allow yeah. like sleight of hand to happen in six seconds. It's like. How good are our play characters at doing shit? I can't, I can't tell if he's really good or if like he's really bad. Like I, that that, that time difference. Yeah. Oh well. <laughs> Again, they're probably not a professional thief yet. Um, so Devin, thank you very much for joining me. This has been one of the best lunch times I've had this week. Hell yeah, that's great to hear. Um, and and we'll 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 talk uh, soon. Uh, maybe uh, for uh, one of your. Um, uh, your podcast, I can come and uh, be a, a guest DM and run something for your group, a little one-shot. I would love that. We, we're just finishing All up right. Places and Feelings, and we're going to get back on the campaign, but after that, yeah, definitely do. Alright, that sounds Thank fun. You. Cool, well, um, everyone, please reach out, say hi to Devin, he's a great, great human being. Thank you, Devin, again, thank you for your time. Oh, I'm so stoked you had me. Um, thank you so much. Appreciate Good. it.